right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the American Simpsons podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. Look, I know we haven't had an episode for you the past few weeks, but we've been very busy. Not only did we recently move, but we've also been super focused on getting things together for our very first live event, the Great American Summit, which is coming to Dallas, Texas, January 7th and 8th. 2022. This event is all about standing up for freedom, the American dream, and America's core values. Net proceeds from the entire event go to charities that support our nation's veterans, our military, our police, first responders, at-risk youth, and their families. So please visit greatamericansummit.com to learn more, get your ticket. You're not going to want to miss this event. I also like to take a moment to thank our sponsors, our headline sponsor for the event is Minutemen Coffee. Minutemen Coffee is coffee for we, the people. They are unapologetically patriotic. They stand with those who protect and defend our freedom and liberty from those who wish to take it from us. Minutemen Coffee's focus is to support first responder and veteran communities nationwide. They offer some of the finest quality coffee available. Each batch is custom crafted. You get the most for your money and you can join their exclusive coffee club as well. It's coffee for a good cause because a percentage of proceeds from their sales go directly to support our first responders and veteran communities nationwide. So please visit MinutemenCoffee.com, learn more and order some of the finest quality coffee around and help support our first responders and veteran communities. I'd also like to give a shout out to our other sponsors as well, Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They also donate a portion of every dollar they earn to support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom and freedom of speech and second amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life and the needs of our veterans and first responders. So go to patriotmobile.com to learn more. Also like to thank Sunflower Bank for being a sponsor. Sunflower Bank is a community-based bank with national strength. Sunflower Bank is not too big and not too small. They have friendly professionals who understand the importance of every financial transaction that you might incur. So set up an account today, go to sunflowerbank.com. And our other sponsors include Lyft Chocolate, Club Fitwear, Broughton Hotels, Carrot, Dream Starters Publishing, Armed Forces Brewery, Envirotote, the Got Your Back Network, and the person, the company who's responsible for our website, leadstacker.com. We really appreciate them working with us to put together an amazing event website. If you'd like to be a sponsor as well, make sure you go to greatamericansummit.com, download our sponsor package, and most importantly, make sure you grab a ticket to the event. Again, you're going to want to be there. You're not going to want to miss this event. There is nothing else like it. This is all about freedom, the American dream, and standing up for America's core values. Greatamericansummit.com, January 7th and 8th, 2022. So let's get into today's episode. We are sharing the interview that Brad Lee did with my partner, Barbara Allen, on the Dropping Bombs podcast. Brad Lee's show, Dropping Bombs, is one of the top podcasts around. In this episode, you'll learn all about Barb's heartbreaking and jaw-dropping story of how her husband, Lou Allen, was actually murdered by another soldier in Iraq and how the government basically covered it up and threw it under the rug after a murderer signed a guilty plea. And you also learn how she overcame this terrible tragedy in her life to find a new purpose. Again, this is a story of love, loss, and patriotism. Please enjoy. 
You're listening to the American Snippets Podcast. Today in the studio, folks, I've got a real treat for you. Barb Allen. If you haven't met Barb Allen yet, you will want to follow her and you will love listening to what you're about to hear. Well, I don't know if you'll love it. You might even get enraged, actually. So Barb Allen is the head writer, commentator, and co-founder of American Snippets. If you guys haven't heard American Snippets podcast, I'd stop what you're doing right now. You can always come back to this episode. Go and download American Snippets and subscribe, especially if you're a patriot. But it all started back when your husband was literally murdered by another soldier in the armed forces. Yeah, that's what sent me down the path that brought me. Pull that a little closer to you. All right. That's what sent me down the road that I guess, you know, led to where I am today. That's what put me here ultimately. So it's almost like that's what sparked it. Now for people listening, your husband, Lieutenant Lewis Allen was literally murdered by another soldier. The guy pleaded guilty and was still acquitted. I don't get it. How's that happen? You know, every time I get those few sentences out, people look at me like, like I'm crazy or they just dismiss me. Like you must just be some grieving, angry widow because that would never happen. Right. Like that would never happen. First, they're in disbelief that an American soldier would kill another American soldier as was I, um, you know, until I got a firsthand experience of it. And then I dug into other cases and learned that it's really not as rare as it would appear to be. And we're, and we're not talking about friendly fire. No, we're, not we're friendly talking fire. about intentional murder, intentional murder in a combat zone. Uh, and so then we had a three and a half year court martial. Now I'm one day I'm just, just a wife. You know, my husband was national guard. He was a high school teacher and a coach. We had four little kids. They were six, five, three and one year old at the time. And he goes off to Iraq on Memorial Day in 2005. And I'm just starting to kind of get the swing of it. I'm just starting to stop being kind of a little bitch about him being gone and feeling sorry for myself. I'm like, okay, I got this. I'm going to rock this appointment. I'm going to reorganize the house. I'm going to lose my baby weight. I'm going to make this money. I was a realtor at the time. I'm making, you know, I'm just going to like make him so proud of me. And we're going to get through this and then live happily ever after. But just 10 days after he left, my doorbell rang at six o'clock in the morning and there's the military detail there on my door to tell me that my husband had been killed the night before. And so, you know, you go from a wife, a mom going about your business and then everything just drops like that. And within 24 hours, my casualty assistance officer is what's assigned to you in the military. It's like your chaperone to walk you through all the process of becoming a widow, I guess. And and so he came back to tell me that it was actually a homicide investigation now, that they were investigating an American soldier for killing my husband and the commanding officer, who was Lou's friend, Captain Philip Esposito. He died too? Yes. And so then you just don't really know. You know, you're already sort of jacked up and you're already broken and down. And then this news come to you and, I, you know, people respond differently. I just completely went off the, the deep end, you know, and what I fixated on to get me 
through it. I didn't have any of the coping skills. I had zero coping. So I had zero resiliency skills. I was, I'd come at this tragedy from a place of weakness. I'd already told myself I would only be okay if my husband came home. So I'd already set my mind, right. To believe that you'll only be okay if he comes home. Like I had never prepared myself for the possibility that he wouldn't. And taken that step to protect my children from the mom who would break. So I, I already met met that from a place of defeat, which is not a good place to meet tragedy from and trauma to, to come at it from a place of defeat is really not, not your best option, but that's how I did it. So I already went down. So what my resiliency skills were able to do to hang on to that time at a desperation, which is just focus on revenge. I was like, I can't deal with the pain. I can't, I cannot deal with this pain. You know, I was suicidal. I'm sitting there holding the pills, the whole thing almost did it. And then I just, said, no, if I have to live through this, I'm going to live for revenge. I'm going to live for my kids and revenge. And so then I did it again. I placed my well-being on an outcome I had no control over again, because I thought I'd get to see this guy die. But instead I watched him acquitted three and a half years later. I watched him walk out of the courtroom a free man after three and a half years of you know, various levels of hell. So, but didn't he, didn't he plead guilty? Which I found out after the acquittal. We, we saw this case kind of going down the toilet all along, but you're dismissed. You're dismissed as the grieving widow, just this young mom who's angry and devastated. And you can't really know what you're talking about, right? The people don't really give what you're saying much, much weight. So when I say, Hey, the military judge has done this and that, Oh, you must be mistaken. You must be wrong. I say, Oh no, this happened. That happened. But I started doing my own investigating along the way. I started because we knew that we were not being told the full truth. We knew that something wasn't right. And um, how hard I just was had it? a bad feeling. How hard was it to get information from military? I wasn't getting it from the military as an institution. I was getting it from people, from some CID agents, a little bit that the attorneys would, t- would give me. But I got most of the information after the trial when it went so terribly awry. Along the way, I studied. I wanted to be taken seriously, so I got my master's in criminal justice so I would have a little more credentials and believability behind me and so that maybe I could understand a little bit about what the hell had just <laughs> happened to all of us. You know, But then I was doing interviews and research. I was reaching out to panel members. I got some panel members in the military panels called a jury. And I got them to tell me what happened in the jury deliberation room, which is a clear violation of chain of command. The Colonel, that was the military, the forewoman, she used her chain of command to intimidate jury members into sitting down and shutting up, which is literally what she told them. I mean, one thing after another, after another. So I got, I found out like the day after the acquittal, that, oh, hey, about a year and a half ago, he offered a guilty plea and the military rejected it and suppressed it. In the military, here's here's the kicker, right? In the civilian world, you can submit a guilty plea and say like, you're not really admitting guilt, so to speak. You're just saying, I think I don't want to take my chances with the jury. So I may not necessarily say that I'm guilty, and the attorney may not necessarily believe that you're guilty, but they may just say, as I heard one attorney say to his clients, sometimes you just got to eat a shit sandwich and take the guilty plea, even if you didn't do it. Right. I've heard that said as well. But in this case, in the military, your attorney 
and you, if you're a member of the military, you are not allowed to submit a guilty plea unless you believe in the guilt. So that, that attorney believed in his client's guilt and that client, Alberto Martinez, he was a supply sergeant, knew he was guilty and submitted the guilty plea, which should have been enough for the military to say, I'm going to take this guilty plea. What I found out after the fact, when I did my studying, when I, I went to another court martial, I, cons- I watched the whole thing. I consulted with government experts. Like I didn't just Google a fucking article and learn this, right? Like I, I went there, I dove in. And so I learned that you should really never really trust a jury. You know, if you have the plea in hand, it's the safest bet is to take the plea and get a conviction to some sort. So I was just, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And I was told by the person who gave me this plea, then I, I can't say who that was because it's not fair to that person uh, who gave me that plea that, you know, this officer that you're about to meet with in an hour or two, because I was back, I came back to Fort Bragg. We were having a meeting. We weren't letting this go. And I knew that this officer, high ranking officer that I was about to sit next to in a meeting, I knew that he had a copy of that plea deal in his briefcase when I was so like, here he is, here I am, I'm sitting right next to him. I can feel the copy of the plea like burning at me, you know, in the, in the briefcase. I had a copy of the plea in my folder next to me and nobody knows that I have it, but none of them know that I have it. And so I look at him as, as I'm just letting them talk and letting them explain away, you know, there was supposed to be a separate trial on charges that were severed. If this one went awry, I said, well, why not try them on these separate charges now? One thing after another, like one line after another, after another. And then finally I looked at them and I said, okay, well, how about this one? I heard that, you know, he had submitted a guilty plea last April. What happened to that? What do you think they said to me? He didn't. What guilty plea? Yeah, we have no record of that. You must be mistaken. And at that moment in that time, like that's when, that's when I was like, all right, that's when you heard. <laughs> That's when I heard that. I was like, all right, so this is how it's going to go. You know, I knew that they just written my, they just wrote it all off. I yeah, knew but then you pulled it out done. and they heard. Yes. When I gave the plea to the New York times and it ran on the front page. So, and so you would think like, well, boom, there's the bombshell and now everything's back. You would think still acquitted. Yeah, yeah. There, once he's acquitted, double jeopardy, you can't come after him for anything, right? Did, did he have high-ranking friends and family or something? So, I mean, I can speculate. I can't prove anything, so I'm not going to get into all the things that I think might have happened because... Well, I want like, to, what, though. Because <laughs> okay. something has think, to have happened. Like, you know, the military's not just out to save its, save its right. own... Like there's, there's more stories of people getting wrongly accused than, than this, I think. Right. So like they're out to, they're out to whack you if, if there's whacking to do. So somehow this guy got away with murder. Literally. So he was the supply sergeant of the unit and Phil was the commanding officer. Phil was a West Point guy. Martinez was national guard guy. And Martinez hated Phil and Phil was running out of patience for Martinez. Martinez was losing items from supply. He was just bad at his job and he was just a bad Losing age. items? Losing items. What kind, they of, would what kind of items? Night vision goggles, supplies, printer, whatever was in supply, he was losing. And it turned out- Losing it. Losing it, yes. But then it came out, he was selling some of those items on the black market in Iraq. And- That's what he was doing. And so 
I believe, right. I believe that it got deeper than that. Right. And and so some high ranking officials were e a either complicit in it, benefiting from him selling the supplies or B it was just going to be their ass on the line. If it came out that under their command, this had been going on, you know? And so they, they buried it. He did come down the first time he was arrested and CID messed up that arrest and they threw out his statement and all sorts of things happened. He did come out. Martinez came out and said, if I go down, I'm taking other people with me. And I think right there is the whole key to it. I think he wasn't yeah. full of shit. I think there were other people that were going to go down with him. If he went down, he was going to spill and talk about everybody who was complicit in that, you know, but along the way in the trial, like one of the people who was originally the head prosecutor, well, she was having an affair with a married CID agent who was the lead agent, special agent in charge, which I didn't put in my book or anything like this because I didn't want to detract from, I wanted to like stay mission focused, right? But there was all that stuff going on and the defense knew how to use this. So they were in the military. That's a crime, by the way, you can't, you're not allowed to, the fuckery is a crime in the, a crime in the military, right? Like they, they, they frown upon that. You can kill someone and get away with it, but he'd get into trouble if he slept with somebody like outside of marital confines in the military. So, and that's just how it was then. I'm going to Stop here for a second, because it does sound like I'm a little bitter against the military. So I need to preface it with saying it's the opposite. I think this stuff needs to come out and people need to be educated because if people were made aware of cases like this and you had to recognize the warning signs and there are protocols and policies put in place, if they applied the FBI's own workplace violence prevention strategy to the military, my husband would be alive today and so would Phil. So would about a dozen other people who were killed by other soldiers in the cases that I researched and identified. And I found all these warning signs very easily identifiable, right? Mike Martinez threatened to kill the commanding officer hundreds of times, hundreds of times threatened to kill him. Not even like, Oh, I might just get that guy one day. Literally said, I'm going to frag that motherfucker all the way up to the inspector general office of that unit, but nobody took it seriously. They all said he was just venting but they all distanced themselves from him. They all said, this guy isn't right. You know, I'm going to stay away from him for a little bit, but nobody thought to tell Phil that his life was being threatened by the supply sergeant. And that's because some, I think if they, if they thought that he was serious, they would have told him, but some part of them kept them from thinking that an American soldier would actually cross that line, right? Some, something about him. They all knew Martinez was a screw up that he shouldn't be there, but there was still something that said, no, that code, that military code of camaraderie and brothership, he won't cross that line. So that's what needs to be discussed in the military a little more because I'm hearing, or I was hearing from a lot of people who served who were like, well, you know, I used to sit up all night and wonder about this guy coming after us too. You know, it happens. The people in the military are people and they need to be policed and you need to protect them from one another, just like they need to be protected from other outside sources. So you know, it was just a, just a mess all the way along. I could go on and on about all the things that went wrong in the case, but some things CID agents did or said, or it's really complex, very complex to explain. But I think the judge, like things happened. I couldn't understand along the way. The main judge recused himself just before trial and the United States army chief trial attorney who was presiding over cases at Gitmo, like the top trial attorney in the entire United States Army, appointed himself to this case. Why? 
why you know uh, it makes no sense and and well, then like, and then he torpedoed it <clears throat> sounds like maybe your husband stumbled into a ring he an could illegal have. ring just that, listening to it like i'm thinking number one do you have the movie rights to this do I have the movie? Yeah. I mean, and it's been mentioned before, but nobody ever does it. Right. It, yeah. But there's, but, that, but that's a great movie. You know, that's a great movie. And, and not only that, I know that you started, uh, you know, raising money to make sure more people are aware you've got the great American summit coming up in Dallas. Well, Irving, same thing, same, right? Yeah. Irving, Texas, January yeah. 7th and 8th. January 7th and 8th. And yeah. people can go buy tickets, by the way, folks, if you guys are a patriot in any way, or you're just, you know, really worried about the freedoms that we're getting because, because you've, you've evolved that into just basically freedoms. Like mm -hmm. our freedoms are being taken slowly. Any patriotism at all is frowned upon. The other day I'm watching the news. I swear the news said it. I don't know if it, I, I told a few people they're like, no, it said terrorism. And one of them was basically patriotism saying the word patriotism. Um, if, if you believe Trump's election was ill, you know, what do you call it? Stolen. That's terrorism. I, I, I was thinking to myself, who's, who makes this shit up anymore? Our freedoms are being, I believe, slowly removed. And so do you, correct? I do. So if people yeah. are listening to this and they want to help in any way, they can go to greatamericansummit.org and donate. Five dollars, fifty dollars, five hundred dollars doesn't matter. You guys are trying to raise one hundred and fifty thousand, but I think my listeners could could easily donate that, even if all of them put up a dollar. So again, I mean, I believe I have a lot of. They're called the Bomb Squad. I have a lot of patriots, a lot of good, you know, people that love the country. But when you hear stories like this, it's like you know, because I'm all for military, but guys, there's deceit and and crooked shit going on at the government level in the military and the police forces in schools mm -hmm. catholic churches i mean dude imagine being an altar boy and having the freaking pastor or no is it priest priests and pastors yeah yeah the priests you know dicking you and then nobody believing you hey the priest is you know touching my potty spot and no one believes you. And, and then comes come to find out it's real. And then what does the Catholic church do? They relocate them. They relocate them and say, shh. Like, yeah. dude, right there, boom, done. Lift the veil of, of uh, non-taxable, like eliminate the whole ability. Like, we shouldn't allow that. To me, it shouldn't be allowed at all, especially when it comes to kids. That's my soft spot. Like, don't mess with the children. So, but then again, I'm sure you have a soft spot for your husband. How was he murdered so lou and phil were in the office and the, they were on base in Tikrit, iraq and the base ironically is called fob danger which i didn't like but um so they were in Phil's forward office. operating base yeah and the office was on the first floor and martinez went outside the window so say lou and phil were sitting at a table right there and i'm at the window right here Martinez came to the window outside and he attached a claymore mine to the window and then he detonated it and threw some grenades to make it look like an enemy attack. And what a claymore mine is, 
with people who don't know. I mean, I got into this. I used to carry a fake Claymore around into like Fox News and give demonstrations. Like that's how far I went, right? But a Claymore, uh, it, it is a ambush weapon and it reads front toward enemy on the front of it. it says front toward enemy. It's an Apers mine and it explodes 700 steel ball bearings out of it at the distance it hits like almost as far as a football field and it goes about 4,000 feet per second. I mean, there it's a kill zone and he detonated that this close to Lou and Phil on the other side of the wall. Phil died instantly really, but Lou was conscious for a couple hours. And so, you know, over the weeks and months, information dripped out to me over his last moments and all that stuff. So, you know, it's just like trauma upon trauma upon trauma upon trauma to to hear it, but that's what he did. And nobody, nobody thought that was odd that a Claymore went off through a window towards two people. They, at first they didn't know it was, it took them like through the night, like uh, immediately when they got to scene because grenades had also exploded, they thought it was a mortar attack because the Iraqis had been trying to mortar the base. So they just assumed because who would, who would go there? Right? Like who would think, Oh, Hey, maybe that wasn't a mortar. You're so used to hearing mortars. You're in Iraq. Like, oh, that must have been a mortar attack because other grenades went off as well. So, ooh, that was close. And this time they got two of our guys. But only when CID came the next day as a routine look over the scene, they were like, oh, you know, that's not a mortar right there. And that looks different. And, oh, we better we better check this out. So it was really, you know, the next day before they. And was Martinez arrested? He was arrested. Um, I found out at actually at the cemetery a week later, I found out that Martinez had been arrested. I got in the car after the graveside. So what did you think at first? When, when they told me he was arrested? No, that your husband had passed and, and they didn't say he was murdered. They said, they said he was killed in his sleep. And I knew that wasn't true because he was supposed to call me the night before and he was on base and he had access to it. And and I knew I'd had this feeling, I don't know where you are on all this, but I had this, I had so many experiences the day before where I was just sick. And part of me knew that my husband was dead before my doorbell rang. And sometimes I get a little emotional. So I'll try, try to like keep that at bay here. But I talked to my husband on video chat the day before with my four kids with me. And he was going to video me again later that night to find, and it was, again, it was easy for him too. And he always did it. So, but about like two o'clock that afternoon or like one o'clock, he tried to call me and I missed his call. I, I missed it, you know, cause I was in bad service area and I, I couldn't get his call. And then I was like, I got to get home and I'm driving home. And I just, I had this feeling like we were in my town. I was driving back about, I was about maybe 20 minutes from my house. And I just felt, first I thought, I saw him walking down the street. I was like, well, that's weird. And then it was more like I felt him. And it was more like I almost saw him sitting in the car next to me with his face, like white as a sheet, like white, white. And he was looking at me and I just, I, I just felt like he was there saying, oh shit to me. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, am I losing my mind? And I race home and my babysitter's like, um, you know, Lou tried to call you about an hour ago. I'm like, I know, I know, I know he tried to call. Uh, and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm turning my computer up so I wouldn't miss that, you know, beep that used to give when, when someone was online. And 
5.22 p.m. I'm feeding my kids their dinner and I'm leaning over to give my son something. And I literally felt like, like someone punched me right in my gut. Like I, I actually fell on the table for a second, like out of nowhere. Right. And I was like gasping for breath. I'm like, what, the, like, what is happening? Like what is happening? And I knew it then, you know, I, I was like, Oh man, like, no, no, no. You know? And I was up all night waiting and waiting and waiting for my husband to pop in and I'm messaging him, Lou, where are you? Lou, where are you? And you know, nothing. And then my doorbell rang. What time was that? 6am, 6am. And I heard him on the front steps and the doorbell rang and there's these people. Why would they come at 6am? That's like their time. They don't, they weren't going to come in the middle of the night. And I mean, there's really no good time to come, right? Yes, like, there is. You could come at four o'clock. You could come at six o'clock, whatever time you come, you you've, you don't want them to come, right? I know, but, so but I but, hear you. No, I mean, like, you know, let you get up and get your kids ready and relax. Well, and- because they also can't confirm that it's not going to come out on the news that they're, you know, that word isn't going to come out and they, they want to tell you, mm. you know, so I know some widows who found out on the news. They like saw if someone's crash. knocking at your door at 6am, that's not good news. No. Right. And so, and I knew it and I just. I mean, it's awful. When you opened the door and you saw him, did you break down immediately? I dropped. I like, I actually flew back into the wall and dropped onto the ground. And so I was not the vision of strength. I was, there was nothing stoic about me. I was just, I was so insecure about so many things. I had no self-esteem. I had taught myself that I wasn't strong enough to handle anything. I could only handle things if Lou was there. Like Lou, I lived to be his wife. I lived for her. I loved him. And I knew everything would be okay as long as I had Lou. And I was like just starting to feel a little bit of moxie on my own. Like I'm going to get through this deployment. But I knew that I could call him. And knowing that you have someone to call and talk to you, you're not alone. He's going to raise these kids with me. I can do this for six months, you know. Um, and and I just said, I'll only, I, I even said to him before he left, I said, you better not, I knew him and I knew that he would literally take a bullet for someone. I just, like, I I just knew he would. And so I warned him. I'm like, I know you and I get where you're coming from. I'm like, but I don't need you to be a hero. I'm like, I don't need a dead hero. I need my husband here. My kids need their dad. I'm like, so you may think that you're making that decision to save someone else. I'm like, but you don't have the right to make that decision for me and your boys. I say, no, I say, we need you. (laughs) Like, this is who I was. What a piece of shit I am. Right. But no, that's who I was. I was a piece of shit. I was like, no, I'm like, I need you more than they need you. I have four kids here. I can't raise them without you. I'm like, not only that, I have no interest. Why do you think that's no interest in raising It's sort of a piece of shit. It's sort of self. That's like me saying, all right, Brad, me looking at your wife, right? Like, you know, if it comes down to Lou or Brad, I think Brad should die. You know, like who does that? I'm just like, everyone. (laughs) It's the truth. I don't know. So, but, but imagine I also put that on his head, right? I told him you shouldn't feel bad about that. That's everyone. Okay. I won't feel bad. Like if someone just said, Hey, you, your daughter can die or you can die. I'm picking you. Right. That's just the truth. Now that's only because I, my daughter ain't going anywhere, but I see what you're saying as far as how that sounds, but I think that's anybody, yeah, like anybody, especially when it comes to family. Like that's your husband, I, yeah, father of it your is kids. I, you you I know. shouldn't feel bad about thinking that. I know. Anyone would think that. Maybe. 
Right now, people would think. Right it. now, people would yeah, probably. If someone said, hey, and there's a lot of people that like me, maybe some that don't, <laughs> but most do. If they, if someone said, hey, your husband or Bradley gets, gets the axe, I'm going to get a freaking apology card sent to me because they're going to pick their husband. Right. They're going to pick their son. They're yeah. going to pick their wife. Everyone's going to pick their own. I know, but you'd like to think you... Well, whatever. You like to think that you're not going to play God, that you're like better than that. But mostly it was, I came at that, like I had already told myself that I'm done. If anything bad happens, I'm done. And so when something bad did happen, I was done like, because I'd already told myself for a year and a half that but if something weren't. happened to Lou, I was, no, I was done. I Temporarily. was done, but the carnage now, now that I wreaked in my life for those years, the things that I let happen to myself and to my children, because I didn't believe that I could do it because I, I went into the victim mode. You know, you're called a, I was for three and a half years, I was called the victim in the military. Here comes the victim. Here comes the victim. Here comes the victim. So, I was like, yeah, I'm while a it was going on in trial or something. Yeah. You know, here comes the victims. Here's the victims. Here's the victims. I was a victim, victim, victim. And so I was like, I'm a victim, you know? And when you tell yourself you're a victim, you behave like a victim, you get victimized. And that's what I did. I was a professional victim. That was my role. But there's I, a lot of people out there and they didn't have right. anyone die that are playing that role right now. Right. In business, entrepreneurship. In, in in life in general, there's a lot of people who just convince themselves that nothing that happens to them is their fault. It's not my fucking fault. It's not my, well, you know, it's not your fault that this guy beat you and it's hard to leave. But if you let him continue to beat you, he will continue to beat you until you die. And that's your choice. And until you acknowledge the fact that you're actually allowing that to happen, it's harsh. Like nobody has the right to do that. Like, you know, it's not your fault he's beating you, but it is your fault he's beating you because you allow it to happen. I allowed people to victimize me for years and it made me sick, it made me sick, but but it changed that's you. the mindset. It did. It changed me for the worse at first. And now, now you don't, you don't know that hard. You just, you, you just maybe In had long to go term, through it. It changed me for the better. Yeah. Unfortunately, well, I was a slow learner. Like, I was stubborn, right? There's a difference between persistence and stubbornness, right? Persistence is for the greater yeah. good. It's also easier stubbornness to is play not. the victim, isn't it? It is It is easier to it's convince like yourself we were talking about you're the, the victim. Room. Yeah. You know, it's easier just to keep your mouth shut. Yeah. And well, I can't do this. What do they say? The enemy you know is better than the enemy you don't, right? So I was familiar with that enemy. I knew how to be a... I knew how to be a victim. I knew how to plaster a face on, but then it got so bad that it was just, it was time to change, you know? So that like that person's gone, but it took me, I had to go through a lot and I'm okay going through that. But the fact that it took my kids on that ride is it didn't have to be, you know, they didn't deserve that, but they are who they are now. And the good dudes. So, but, you're, so you're using that yeah. strength that you found, yeah, which is good to help bring and shed light on other families, other situations. Apparently this isn't as rare as people think it is. The phrase I heard so often was isolated incident. And I finally got to the point. I'm like, one more person calls this an isolated incident, <laughs> you know, because a, my husband and I followed a case in March, 2003, Sergeant Hassan Akbar in Kuwait 
threw grenades into tents of sleeping soldiers. As the soldiers ran out, he shot them. And my husband and I followed that case. And my husband was like, what the fuck is this? Like, why, why didn't anybody shoot that guy right there? Like, I can't believe this happened. Nobody's fragged anyone in the military since Vietnam. And we followed every detail of that case. And Hassan was just convicted a couple months before my husband was killed. Um, and then I'm going to digress for a second, but this is a good, a good point. When you're, when this happens to you, you're like, who, who do I turn to? Like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to go through a military court martial process. I don't know how to do this. And you know, it's always good to find somebody who's been through what you're going through or has gone through. And everyone, there are a lot of people that are convinced or they convince themselves that nobody's going to mentor them. I can't find a mentor for this, but the power of mentorship is game changing. A mentor will change the game for you and you need to do whatever you can do to get yourself in front of that mentor. And there's no excuses. I found a mentor. I found a mentor for that particular situation. My husband was murdered by another soldier. I was going to go to Kuwait for a court for a hearing. I was going to go to Fort Bragg for all these hearings. And I found a mentor in Terry Seifert, whose husband was one of the victims of the case that my husband and I had followed. And she called me and talked me through what it's like to be a widow in the criminal justice system in the military, specifically where I would be. So that pulled me together, you know, that saved me. So I always emphasize the power of finding, who mentored you? You had a mentor at some point. Not really. I no mean, mentors in your life. Not one. Not really. I, I, I say not really because not official, but I, I learn from everyone. So, yes. so I'm always learning. I've learned from my dad, my grandpa, my uncle, you know, all my clients, my kids, coworkers, like I learn from you. I'm learning every, I, I'm always learning. So okay. I think everyone kind of mentors me, but from a official standpoint, right. never had one. Never in business, never like, Hey, how do I cut this? Oh, you're, you're just a natural closer. No, I would say I'm a natural idiot, meaning <laughs> it's, it's foolish to do that. Matter of fact, I'm, I just finished my book not too long ago, the hard way lessons. I learned the hard yeah, way. I pre-ordered that thing months ago. It's coming. It's, get, it's out getting printed right now. Right. So, so one of the things I talk about is, you know, seek that information. If I could go back at 18 years old and, and, and would have had a different perspective and quit thinking I knew everything and learned everything the way I learned it. Shit. I'd probably be a billionaire right now. At yeah, least would... maybe a multi. And then I'd single-handedly fund your, your whole thing. <laughs> People well, ask why, why I want a billion. That event. <laughs> well, people ask why I want a billion dollars. That's what it's for yeah. is to be able to just go, you know what, here, mm -hmm. you know what, here for good, for good reasons, good purposes. That'd be awesome. Right. Just to give abundantly and still have enough for me. Cause again, like, like I said, I'm, a, I'm, I'm no different. I'm no angel. Like if I had to give everything up to save a bunch of children, I would, I would go without for saving children cause I can get it back. But like in general, yeah. I, I want to give abundantly, but have enough for me and mine also. Well, you, got, so I, you can't pour from an empty cup, right? So that's right. And and I do give now, but I don't give like, you know, millions and millions of dollars every month. Like, like I would, if I were, you know, Jeff Bezos. Right. Can right. you imagine having that much money? Yeah. Cause if you can't, you won't. Right. So let's get back to what you literally developed into. Yeah. So you found the, 
the strength and the courage that obviously didn't ever get found out. It's just over according to the military. Yeah. They've moved on. Then they won't, they won't award my husband, the purple heart. They said he wasn't killed by the enemy. So, you know, there's all of that, like just constant insults, injuries, so to speak. Yeah. You wrote a book, you wrote three books. I did. What's your favorite? I think this, that's a hard one to say because they all have different places, but what is the most, me on point now is this last book I just put out, which is what not to wear to a murder trial and other tips tragedy taught me. And that's literally from the court martial. There was a moment where I walked across the courtroom and alienated the military jury just because of what I was wearing. Right. So that's where that title came what from. What were you wearing? Well, I was wearing, <laughs> looking back. It was pretty dumb. I don't know. Like, my previous outfit went awry. I was awake all night. I couldn't sleep. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to dress like a girl. I never dressed. My kids used to look at me and be like, oh my God, you're trying to dress like a girl. You must be leaving mom. Like that's like they knew if I had a skirt on, I was leaving because I never dressed like that. But I had on like this tight black skirt and this like tight red sweater that was like off the shoulders and my plain black shoes broke. So I had on these stilettos and I was up all freaking night making coffee. I put these curlers in my, I never put curlers, like ever, not before or since, I think, put curlers in my hair. I don't even know why I had the stupid curlers, but I did. And it's like still around two o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, you could smell my hair burning. I'm drinking coffee and crying and burning my hair because I just run on the treadmill. I didn't know what else to do. So I show up to courtroom. I got like this like hair that's like all poofed out. I got on these tight clothes, these giant heels and I'm tiptoeing and- the jury already didn't like me. Um, and like they literally rolled their eyes at me and the judge made fun of me a little bit. And I was like, Oh, I just, I needed them. I just made it easier for them not to like me. I just made it easier for them to dismiss my husband, you know? So, you know, there was a lesson in there too, but also some humor, right? Like I I just like the title. It's just a fun title. So it is a good title. (laughs) So you can get that book on Amazon plus her other three books. And by the way, if you're still, if you're already wondering, how do you find her on social media at Barb Allen speaks. And by the way, it sounds just like it is B A R B A L L E N at Barb Allen speaks. Right. I don't have my readers on (laughs) at Barb Allen speaks on Instagram. Um, her website, americansnippets.com. You can go there and check it out. Subscribe to her podcast. Her podcast is good, by the way. I want to talk about this upcoming event, though. You've got yes, Great please. American Summit. Yeah. And if you go to greatamericansummit.com, you can get tickets to go to this, which is basically a patriot rally. That's sort of what it's turning into, right? Um, it's about... Again, patriotism with purpose. We're bringing all these people together. Everybody that's speaking at this event has been on our platform before and they're patriotic Americans, but it's more than just people coming to speak at you. You know, we're going to just fill that event with people who just love America. We invite people regardless of who you voted for, right? We'd like to see people who don't necessarily agree with us come to this event because what we're we're looking for is to remind people that although we have so many things that separate us, the one thing we all have in common is we are Americans. And unless we can just learn to love the country that we're in, it doesn't mean you're, you're, you're saying it's perfect. It doesn't mean you're saying you necessarily love that person next to you, but we all have a right to be here and we all have a right to live our American dream and build it. But I think we all have a duty. We actually all have a duty what to live our us, American what dream. What gave us that right, Barb? 
my husband, people like him, other people like him gave us all that. Right. And that's what I'm getting at. That's yeah. right. People have died. Literally protecting they have died. our freedom. Yeah. And so the way we honor them is to use the gift that they gave us, which is our freedom and to help other people achieve that as well. And I think it's a, I think it's a dishonor and a disservice to not only to ourselves, but to those who've served to not take advantage of that and to work together to everybody can build their own version of the American dream. It's different though. Like we all have that picture in our head. It's just different for everyone. So that's what we're doing at this event. And we were going to actually hook people up with tools they need. And some people are going to get the resources they need right there at that event to just go right off. We're going to follow their path as they build their American dream. But we're going to raise $150,000 to donate to our endowment fund that is going to go out to organizations that we know personally that support our military, law enforcement, first responders, and our at-risk youth. So, you know, we're doing something. We're not the Pineapple Express, right? Like going to Afghanistan digitally and in person to rescue people. But this is, this we have our, our hands, right? And this is what we have in our hands to offer. So these are the tools that we have. We're doing what we can to use our gifts. Well, our why talents, only 150,000? Why only 150,000? Wow, I kind of, you sort of suck, but you're sort of awesome right at this exact moment because- <laughs> I say 150,000. I'm like, whoo, yeah, we're going to do it. And you're like, why not more? Yeah, See, but 150. This is why I love being around people like you, Brad, because people look at us. They're like, who do you, you think you're going to raise 150,000? I'm like, fuck yeah, we're going to raise a hundred. And you're like, then you got the real Bradley who's like, why just 150,000? Man. Well, that's because that's, awesome. that's not very much at all. You can raise that just off the bomb <laughs> squad donating. Well, awesome because the I mean, more look, that's raised- if a thousand people give you a hundred bucks, that's a hundred thousand dollars. That's only a thousand people. Correct. We have hundreds of thousands that listen to the show. Look, I'd love to see that. And, and we have a lot of entrepreneurs it. that will not, will, will give more than a thousand or more than a hundred. That's yeah. a thousand people giving you a hundred bucks. Anyone that's a patriot would give you a hundred bucks. People give people a hundred bucks for shits and giggles. Yeah. Now, again, there's a lot of people struggling. Five bucks is okay. My, my, call to the bomb squad is let's before that event even happens let's go to greatamericansummit.org mm-hmm. and donate 150,000 to you that be before so the sweet. before the event even happens then there's tickets to the event yeah. that helps go towards that all of it, all of and it. then at the event, the event and sponsorship yeah well at the event how are you going to raise 150,000 at the event itself after we've already raised or are you going to raise the 150,000 from the event Shirts, tickets, things like that. Yeah. I mean, that's. Oh yeah. Come on. That's easy shit. Well, how much are tickets? We have different ticket levels. They're 197, 497, 1797 for the top tier. And then there's. Well, it shouldn't be 1797. It should be 1776. What the hell? Why didn't we think? (laughs) Okay. Change, call it up, change the website. See, it's almost like you're smart at shit, Brad. Well, seventeen seventy six <laughs> should be the should be the VIP ticket. Yes, and I'll bet you you could sell Perfect. at least a hundred of those just to the bomb squad. You That'd should be. be I'll, I'll help you reach out to a few people that I know are patriots. They'll definitely buy a seventeen seventy six ticket. Who who's going to be there? That's awesome. We I guess about this. Yeah, we can announce the lineup. So Steve Sims, God bless this man. I'm going to start with him because he is someone who has from London. Yeah. Literally no reason to have Sam, thrown himself in with us, right? But when we first started posting at this event, he reached out to me and he's like, yeah, I'll come. I'm like, 
God bless you, Steve. And, and he's, and he's ridden, ridden with us through this whole like debacle up and down, up and down. And now we're so, so, so Steve Sims, love him. Larry Broughton, former special forces, now a ho hotelier out in California. He's extraordinary. He's coming. Elena Cardone has said she is going to come. She's a badass. I, I love her. I really do. And I'm not even like super tight with her, but I've had enough experiences and moments with her and conversations with her where I just think she's awesome. I'm so excited to have her come. Nick Wojcik. Hello, Nick Wojcik is coming. This event is such a full circle for Talk about me a good attitude. personally, um, as Who well else? as professionally. Hmm? Who else? This event. Uh, David Webb, Fox News, he's coming. Ryan Weaver, he's a two-time gold star. Two-time. He served actually in the military himself. And while he was in Afghanistan, I think his brother was killed. And then his brother-in-law was also killed serving duty. And now he, he speaks out and he raises money and he does amazing things. What country music and he sings. Yeah. The rest of our lineup, we have not, we have people that we're close to locking in. So I don't really want to like come out and, and say it. Marie Cosgrove. Oh, she's amazing. She, Marie Cosgrove, she's another one. You story you love her. She suffered a horrific life of just, things that people would have rolled over and given up over and over and over abuse and all this. And then she made it in the corporate world. And then she was fired because they didn't want to pay her that much money. They want to take her offer commission and put her on salaries. They fired her because she said no. And then she built her own company and then she came back and bought that company that fired her. She's freaking badass, and she's so sweet and so amazing. And I'm super excited to have her a part of this event as well. So these are the people that we have, like good, honest, warm, genuine people. I hear Brad Lee might come speak too, but we haven't locked him in yet, but I think we're going to. Seventh and eighth in Irving, Texas. Seventh and we, we chose those dates specifically because we all know what's going to happen. We know that we're going to be hearing a lot of whining and fake news about the insurrection anniversary and Pelosi's going to be out there like, talking about us all terrorists who, you know, who hate our country and try Pelosi. to kill. Oh my God. I can't stand her. Yeah. And so I wouldn't like her if she was Republican. Right. She seems wicked. Yeah. She seems almost batshit crazy. Have you ever heard that? Diabolical. Video? I would say. Have you ever heard that video where Joe Biden is saying, I can answer some questions if you want, Nancy. And then she goes, are we off the air? And then they go, yeah. And she says, no, we don't want him saying anything. Did you hear that? Video? <laughs> How did I miss that? Oh my God. It is the most um, amazing. Like that's the president of the United States, supposedly. Right. Who is she? The, the, the speaker of the house? I don't know. Like, what, what, is that what she does? She's diabolical. She literally said, no. We don't want him speaking. I'll play. It. I'll find it and yeah. play it before you leave. It's be it's cool. amazing. I don't know like, how I missed I, that one. Here's what I'm wondering: Do all these because because I I have people that follow me from the left. I call them lefties, and then I've got the righties. People ask me what I am. I'm a constitutionalist. I'm not left or right. I, I'm a little of both. In some cases, I'll consider me left. Right. In some cases, consider me right. But really, I'm just a constitutionalist. Is that a thing? It is a thing, Brad. It, a lot uh, of like people the, say that we're in the middle too, but I feel like if you're in the middle now, I, I feel like there's there's a time where you can be in the middle, but now I think we have to stay right. We have to course correct. We're so far left that we have to course who's correct. Who's we? To the right. You have a turd in your pocket? Who are you talking about? Hmm? 
Who's like we? Say that. We the people, Brad. And I know that you say there is no we the people anymore. There isn't. Yeah, see, there is. There is Look not. Look at your shirt, Brad. Where are they? Look at your, your hey, shirt. Hey, listen, this is Patriot. I know. What's the definition of Patriot? Here, let's find out from, from Siri. Okay. What is the definition of Patriot? A person who vigorously supports their country and is prepared to defend it against enemies or detractors. Do you want to hear the remaining one? That's me. That's enough. Yeah, there you go. So there's a lot of us that today, but it, as but, we but it doesn't make today, it doesn't make it doesn't mean there's a we. There is, there is. People are coming together. Okay, to let me together let me prove that there's not a we. Ways. You ready? You can and, try. And hopefully this will get everyone in the world riled up to prove me wrong because I'd love to be wrong. You're wrong. Go ahead. I would love to be wrong. Okay. We the people run the country. Correct. In theory, well, no, no, what do no. you mean? In, in positions we of power? We the people. Yeah, you say we the there's people a we. are supposed to run the country. No, you say we do. The Constitution says we the people. Yes. So we, the people, yeah. there is no we. The we doesn't exist. It's they and them and he and him and he and her and cowboys and Indians and gay and straight and freaking they've divided us black and white and freaking they've divided us. There is no more we. If there was a we, we wouldn't be dealing with the shit we're dealing with right now. Right? Like there's literally part of, part of we have become them. Yes or no. There's people that literally believe you should be vaccinated. That believe what? That you should that be? That you should be. Right. Like forcefully, I mean. A force to be vaccinated. Yeah. Like again, if someone says, yeah, I think you should get the vaccine. Cool. That's your right. right. But, but like forcefully. Right. Yes, I know there are. Like there's people that say you should be forced right. to take that vaccine. Are those we? Nope. Well, you're correct. But, that's, but, for but that means day, there's, there's no more we. we. For every day, there's a we, right? To... The, the opposing, the, there's opposing forces for all of time. There's opposing forces yeah, but there's and each no, of those there's opposing no forces call themselves we. There's no communication. There hasn't been because we got caught off guard. We were complacent. I was complacent. Like we, none of us saw this coming. So what should we do if we still exist? Look, you have a great example today, right here in Vegas. There's going to be on the strip. There's going to be people marching down the street. See how did I? How do you know that the mandates? Because I pay attention. I to look who? for it. Because where did you learn you're that? You're so convinced that there is no we the people. Where, you don't. I've see never it. heard of this. I believe there is we the people. Have you live ever heard here. the yellow? Right. I you're don't even looking. know that's happening because you're not. You got your blinders on. So where is it happening? Right in the strip from four o'clock tonight. Four and who? To how did you know? Tonight, I found it. Where did I see it? The Hodge twins posted it, posted this guy's video from speaking at a school board. Go to a school board meeting. Do you ever think school board meetings were going to be the talk of the town? Do you see what parents are coming together to do at school board meetings? I think more people should. Extraordinary. They are. This is where you, this it, is where are. I agree with you. I think everyone individually yeah. should get involved, however you believe, at the local level. Mm -hmm. Because believe it or not, our vote doesn't count towards president. You know that, right? That's a whole other. It's the truth. Whole other bag of words. Especially if you're in New York. I was in the clubhouse room the other day where they were defending our, you know, the right to vote. And there were, there kept being people going, dude, you're stupid. If you don't vote and don't come on here and talk about not voting. I'm like, listen, at the end of the day, you can believe whatever the fuck you want. Electors vote for the president and vice president. We do not. Go look at the fucking system. What is it called when the elector, there's a word for it. When the elector goes against like 
the elector is told, hey, you're- Yeah, it's called- um, what, right? You know what it is. So when they go against the vote, well, yeah, I can't think and, of the word. And it does there's happen. There's a word for it. It, does, it has happened. I think yeah, it happened with Clinton. Called, and I think like Siri. one elector- What is it that. called when electors do not vote for the constituency? Here's what I found. Faithless elector. That's what they're called. Okay. A faithless elector. Right. Just like that, they could do that. Well, they can because they get to vote. They vote for the president and vice president of the United States. That's a fact, folks. Go look it up. If you don't believe me, it's the truth. So when you vote for the president of the United States, it is a fucking sham. Why? Because the electors get to vote. Now, supposedly those electors are supposed to listen to us, we the people, and vote however we say, but they don't. They vote however they want. That's no, more. Yes, they, have, they do. They have gone against the electors, but they don't always Go look at their <laughs> like, just like juries. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes juries know the person is guilty, but right. they cannot say they're guilty because of the instructions they got right. from the judge to where, Hey, he's guilty, but you cannot factor in what he just said. Right. Cause he didn't uh, properly tell us. So forgetting that and, and people were like, Oh, acquitted. Why? Well, cause some stupid fucking rule, but the rule is electors. That's who votes for the president yes. and vice president of the United States, period. End of story. We do not. If nobody voted, they would still fucking be elected. Correct. And if everybody voted, they would still be elected. Our vote doesn't count for the president and vice president. Well, theoretically, the theoretically, the, the legislators of the state and the areas determine who the electors are. That's not true either. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Who picks the electors? We do. Who's we? Whoever you vote for. Like when you go vote next time yeah. for a president, you'll see a name in that box. That's the elector. I don't think so. I think it's the legislators pick the electors. Well, let's see. Yeah. Let's ask Siri. Like, <laughs> like Siri knows everything. You need to interview, right? Who picks electors? I found this on the web. She found this on the How web. Our electors chosen. This one's going to need a reader. <laughs> Here we go. This is how. Okay. This is how they get they get elected. Presidential electors get together in each state every four years to cast their votes for president and vice president. See, elector electors are chosen in processes defined by state law, creating a patchwork of selection processes. In some cases, state laws to defer to political party bylaws to define how electors are chosen. So they're chosen differently um, for each one for each state. So complicated. It is. It is. So and everything is so watered down. So you don't really know where your vote goes or what matters. What you just got to proceed on good faith sometimes and believe that whatever you're doing is going to matter. Or otherwise, in, in, in this case, Arizona, it's by state party chair. The state okay. chair for each party with a presidential ticket selects electors prior to the general election. The chair also re replace appoints replacements for elector vacancies. But at the end of the day, you. By state office holders and candidates. That's what you were saying? Yeah. Yeah. But Florida is the governor, elects okay. them. So different, I guess, state to state. However, here is what is true. They decide. Yes. They vote. And, and it is up to them. Yeah. It is not up to us. We can all vote one way. And if they wanted to, I'm not saying they do, folks. Everybody calm down. I'm not saying <laughs> there's faithless electors everywhere. Right. I'm just saying, technically, yeah. technically, it's their vote. 
It's their vote. Do I think you should vote? Yes. I still think you should go vote. Yes. I think you should go vote for president. Okay. People say, do you vote? I don't vote. Why? Because again, my vote doesn't count. I I don't, I don't play shit that I don't win. It's stupid. My vote does not count ever in a presidential election. It doesn't. And for me to think it does is stupid. Now I do believe locally it does count. And locally, the voter does elect or, or keep from being elected the officials. And I think that's where people should really get involved. School boards, your, super, your superintendents of schools, the people that are running your schools, your districts, your communities, your local, state, and, and city governments, that's where people should get involved right now, like immediately and start paying attention and, and, and literally learn who people are that are, that are running People vote just because, oh, I'm a Republican. I'm going to vote Republican all the way down the line. Yep. You ever see people do that? Yes. There could be asshole Republicans. There could be good Democrats. People are like, oh, I can't believe you just said that. Well, again, I, I don't know for sure because I don't go investigate every one of them. Right. All I know is there could be. I think you should get to know the candidate as an individual, as a person, look at their past, do a little due diligence, and then vote for the best person that you think is going to do the best job to represent you. But then we disagree, which is why I'm saying there is no we, because we don't all agree and we would have to. When they made the constitution, we the people was talking about all of us, right? So if all of us were together, that's we. There is no we because they've divided us. There's no we. But if the we just roll over and who's we, there is no, we. It. there is, we. Brad, go to the strip at four o'clock today, four or seven o'clock today. You're that's gonna not see, we, that's them. There's pockets of we around the country. Well, who's coming, deciding who is we together. the left think we are we and, and the right think we are we who's we, it's, there is no we. Oh my God. My we, head hurts. We've been divided. <laughs> yes. We, ha- we have been divided. Th- therefore. There is no we because we There's, has to come together. I don't even know. Who's on first? I don't know. No, it's we. Okay. We the people. Are you a person? Are you a person? Am I a person? We, as long yes. as we're together, exist. But as soon as we don't agree, we're no longer we. It's me against you and you against him and but him against me. Thing. You have to be able to look beyond the small things, small ticket items you disagree on. You just, you have to find one common ground. And the one common ground that we, the people are seeking now is everybody's right to disagree and still be we. Like that's, that's it. You don't I have think to we agree should. on everything. Yeah, but that's, that's, so, I agree with you. Again, I, I wish there was a we, there just isn't. We've been decimated by well, them and they. Who's they? <laughs> people always say, who's they? I know. Is there no such thing as they? They covered up your husband's murder. They did. Who's they? Whoever did it did. That's who they is. Because someone did it. That wasn't an accident. I bet you anything your husband walked into some sort of freaking you know, criminal ring. And like you said, you know, the nut do the nut job killed him and the other one because they might have known something. And my husband was only there for four days. But the commanding officer is the one who was chaptering the supply sergeant out. 
and putting an end to it all. So well, maybe he was he trying knew, to just kill that guy. And he knew that husband my husband was, was coming to replace him and going to work with Phil to chapter him out. So my husband didn't have the full picture yet. Um, well, I know but, that yeah, I know that but I hear what you're saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, so it's like, if the, we, the people in the constitution existed, we would all agree on one thing, freedom. Now to me, that's a pretty clear and evident threat to our freedom. There is a clear and evident threat to our freedom right now, right now. Yes. It's, 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 it's being, it's being ushered in through this COVID bullshit mm -hmm. with the vaccine and the passports and the unvaccinated versus the vaccinated and, and yada, 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 yada. They are using it to further yes. decimate and control the we. And pretty soon, because we don't exist, we are going to be fucking under totalitarian control. And yes. I think we already are, quite frankly. We are, we like are a seat to some belt. degree. Yeah. Like we a seat are to belt. some degree. And they're squeezing us, right? They're making it hard. And it's a matter of, I'm going to just peck these people off. You know, well, we're going to, we're going to put this out there against this wave of, of the defense for freedom. And then this first line of whatever you want to call them, patriots are going to fall, right? Because psychological warfare, yeah, like militaries have been doing this for years, yeah. folks. Like I know people in the military that when they go over to Kandahar or wherever these places are where there's villages and they want to take over that village. They do these psyops mm -hmm. where literally they cause dissent. They get them all arguing amongst each other. Then they come in with the solution and it's all planned. Mm -hmm. It's, it's part of a operation. I think it's happening to us. Absolutely. I, I think, and that's why I'm saying there's no, we, is there a, we, well, of course we exist. We're all here, but there's no, we, cause the, we part is what's missing. Like it's right now, back. right now, if we all, back. if we all decided on one thing, we would constitute the we, but if, but if we left here, someone got a hold of you and got you to hate him. And I didn't like him in the first place. And now I'm, you know, against you and secretly against you. There's no, we, you can keep saying we're all, we, but we're not, we, we're all <laughs> individuals. And that's the problem. We need to come together. Like we need to say, listen, if anyone gets in trouble for not having a vaccine, we will not allow a prosecution. Yes. We will not allow quarantines yes. to be built. We will not allow forced vaccinations. We won't allow open borders. Like how come we don't go down to the fucking borders and but stop the nonsense? You know what's going on down there? Some people are going down. Yes. But you know what's going on down there? Bad, bad stuff. Dude, they're letting people in yeah. by the fucking thousands. Yeah. And they're worried about COVID. No, they're not. Right. They're, uh, how are you letting in so many people? Why? What's the, what's the problem with those guys just getting in line and coming in the right way? What's wrong with that? Now, again, people can hate me for thinking this, but I've been in Mexico where I wanted to buy, you know, uh, beachfront property. You can't as a, unless you're a Mexican citizen, you can't buy beachfront property. Did you know that? I did not know that. I'm not mad at the Mexican government. I'm thinking that's good of them. Like right. that's smart of you. Like keep it, keep it for your country. Well, you can lease it for 99 years and you can get around the rules, but you do you cannot own it. So all these countries operate the same way. Why are we the bad people all of a sudden, if we want to just have closed borders, you can come in right over there, like head right over there. If you climb that f fence, you're a criminal. And if you're a criminal, we treat all criminals equally here. You get thrown out or put in jail. 
That's the way it should be. Yeah. It's I've told the people, opposite of what it is though. Yeah. Well, I've told people like, honestly, I'd love to run for president so I could go fix it. But the problem is, is the presidency can't fix it. You know what I'm saying? Look what happened to Trump. He was in there fixing some shit. And by the way, why are the Democrats so damn powerful? You ever, you ever, you ever think about that? You know, they won't let us in to watch the, 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 the tickets right. and get count, get counted. I'm thinking, well, who are they to stop us? Like, how did the Democrats stop the Republicans? Why are the Democrats the ones in control? I don't understand. I don't either. That bothered me when the Republicans were told to leave the polling and stop observing it. And they were just like, oh, okay, I guess we'll have to leave it. No, you don't. <laughs> like, but don't you understand. don't have to leave. They shouldn't have left. But Well, they were know. forced out. Right. But then they got to get more police and force themselves back in or get a judge. But that's or the thing. Like who's, who's, right. who's in control here? Obviously the Democrats. I know. And we let it happen because we got complacent. So to you, we are the Republicans. No, we are Americans who allowed ourselves to be divided. I don't think, I don't we think. We let it happen. We as a people, we as the American people allowed this to happen. That's because, and we allowed that's because our, we don't exist. <laughs> You'll see, look. Everything that you mentioned, the things that have to happen will happen. But what do you think? You're just going to go to bed one night with nobody doing anything and you're just going to wake up and boom, it's all going to have happened. Every great movement has to start with a step, right? You have some people taking steps now. You can't look at it just because you say to us, right? Oh, you're only going to raise $150,000, right? Which I love, right? But if we wanted to set a goal of getting to $500,000, if we didn't first believe we could make 150,000, we'd never get to five. Yeah, but you're going to make you know? more than 150,000. So, I'll bet you, I'll bet well, you the bomb squad's going to step up and beautiful. probably donate more than that even before the event comes. Secondly, if you get around enough people between now and then, and you market it correctly, you'll make hundreds of thousands, not 150, like 150, like shit. I can make 150 downstairs in my, in my, in my room. Matter of fact, here's, here's what maybe I'll do for you. Okay. I'll put on an, I'll put on some event downstairs where it costs, you know, a couple thousand bucks to come. I'll put 75 people down there and we'll raise your 150. Beautiful. So, so you need to make another 150. Well, cause I mean, that's not hard to do. 150 is really a tiny, tiny goal. Okay. You, you need, you need to raise your thinking up like a million. Now you're talking at least a, a, a good size goal. Perfect. You'll make 150. I guarantee you that. Perfect. I'll bet you anything you make 150. You'll have people. I'm not going to bet against us, but yeah. But you'll have, you'll have people show up that probably yeah. give you the 150. I and mean, I was, I was at a, my buddy's event called Thrive. Yeah. His name's Cole Hatter. Good dude. You know Thrive. So we were there. I got one. So I think I donated like 10 G's. And then I, that inspired my buddy to donate. Like I think 35 G's, which inspired my other buddy to donate 50 G's, which in st- they started competing. Right. They they literally raised like $350,000 in 30 minutes on, on stage. So you do things at that event. Mm-hmm. 150 is easily going to get knocked out of the park. Mark my words. Yeah, that's beautiful. And Bomb you know- squad, listen up. You guys got to freaking go to great. Yeah. AmericanSummit.org and just donate five, 10, 15, 20 bucks, hundred bucks, thousand bucks. Show her what we can do because the bomb squad, if there's a we, it's we. <laughs> there is a way. It's funny too, because I used to go to this movie theater and there was a handy, I don't know the political way to say mentally challenged. Is that she how you said say it? it? That's good enough. So uh, <laughs> a mentally challenged 
guy was taking tickets and I love the guy. And every time I'd walk up, he'd go, and how are we? That's all he'd say and take your ticket. And if you didn't answer him, he wouldn't, he wouldn't give your tickets back. He'd grab them and how are we? And then you'd say, we're good. And he'd go, enjoy your movie. And if you didn't say anything, he'd go, and how are we? <laughs> That's great. It was hilarious. It was awesome. But the only reason I say there's no we is because collectively we're fragmented. We're separated. We're at odds. And it's been, right on, now, in my opinion, right now, yes. 100% right now. And I think it's on purpose. Mm -hmm. I think they are punk and we. And what's crazy is they are this big compared to we. But we are literally marching right into all their stupidity. Right. But we are figuring it out. Look in, look in Australia. Look in Australia. How many oh politicians are in Australia? Not that many. I can't believe what they're doing over there. I know, but there's not that many politicians, yeah. but yet they are controlling millions of people because they don't have any weapons. Right. And because there's no we over there. So if all the people just stood up and just said, y'all are being eliminated. We need new people. Who wants to run? Right. That would all be over. You're seeing people step up and run now. You're, you're seeing, seeing people. Yeah, but you're seeing, you're seeing, you're seeing candidacies. I know, Candaces, but, but you're seeing <laughs> law enforcement, yeah. military. Right. Play the, the part where I, I don't worry about it. Very informal. <laughs> he yells at me when I do that. Here's, here's my thing though. <laughs> if, if I ever get real active, here's who I'm reaching out to. Yeah. Military. I'm reaching out to law enforcement. I'm reaching out to the people that are enforcing the rules. So let's call them law enforcement. Yeah. National Guard, Coast Guard, military, anybody that's got weapons and, and they enforce this shit. State police, police officers, sheriff departments all over this great nation. Those are the only people stopping this bullshit from happening. And those are the only people that are freaking allowing this bullshit to happen. Now, why do I say that? Because if you're a law enforcement officer and you are enforcing mm -hmm. this fucking stupidity, shame on you. And you don't want to lose I your agree. job. Yeah. But I guess agree. what? If all of you said, fuck you, governor, you don't get to make the loss because you know, what's crazy about this. And this is the truth. You can look this up. Governors cannot make the law. A mandate is a suggestion. The only fucking shit a mandate covers is the executive branch in the, in the government, meaning they can make their staff do something. They cannot make their people that they're governing do anything. It's a suggestion, just like a stop sign in a, in a private parking lot. You think you have to stop there? You don't. Stoptional. It is. It's a suggestion. <laughs> yeah. They want you to stop. So they put up a stop sign yeah. and guess what people do? They fucking stop, but they don't have to stop and they cannot get a ticket for not stopping. So like, this is that. So to me, it's like, I can go try to rally all my friends who are just like me. Can't really freaking do much. Well, we can speak up. Yeah. And we can also get silenced. We can also get arrested. We can also get shut down or we can talk to the people that are enforcing because enforcement is the key. If you stop enforcement, the rest of them are just, you know, Toothless vipers. Toothless vipers. Yes, but you also have to show up together en masse. It can't just be I you, agree. Bradley. Hey, Mr. Officer, I don't really like what's happening here. And the officer's like, well, I haven't heard anybody else 
complain. So suck it up, Bradley. You know, but well, that's if, a still a shitty officer. But if five thousand people Guys, show look up at to the, the one officer and say, "Hey, this is just right here in Barb, Las Vegas." It, it, it shouldn't be people's opinion. Like in other words, if a right. million people thought it was wrong, but it's the law, it's the fucking law. Right, change but then the law. Lobbying to change the law. Yes. So so go lobby to change the law. I, I'm a I'm fair as they get, but when 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 I, I don't know about America so much, but in Paris, I saw videos of, of these people shopping without a passport and like a whole group of police are clobbering a woman. Mm -hmm. Did you see it? Yes, and that's another thing. I also I saw another video after that where there were so many people that showed up in Paris to shop at the mall that the, police had, a back, the police had to leave because we, the people in France, outnumbered the enforcers. And that's how they got their point across. Yeah, but those enforcers should have joined the people in the first place. Totally agree. So that's Could all I'm saying. Like, more. like let's, let's stop yes. the madness and let's just talk to our law enforcement yes. and our military and simply say, observe the law. You, they were sworn to uphold the constitution, Barb. Right. Go look at the constitution. The constitution says we have the rights to do this shit. You cannot make me get a fucking vaccine. Correct. And, and as soon as someone says, okay, you're correct. Okay. Then that's the end of that vaccine passports. If that's not discrimination, I don't know what is a boss can't get a girl or a guy to fuck them without being a, illegal, but they can make you fucking take a jab. That is the same thing. If you ask me, or it fired. should be illegal. Exactly. Right. Listen, you don't want to get a jab. Don't get a jab. You can't force someone to freaking do shit. They don't want to do. That's America. And that's why I wear a shirt called Patriot because I am prepared to defend, but there's nothing, again, there's nobody running up and hurt hurting people. Otherwise I think there's more Patriots out there than you think you're one. Aren't you? I believe I am David. You're one. I'm one. I know my buddies are, I know a lot of people that are, and I think they're like me. There's not enough going on to, to, to get all freaked out about. Well, you're Let, saying that because you're a little insulated here, right? I for, could be. For the moment, anyway, you've worked your ass off and you've built yourself an ivory tower that you and your family and your people are, are safe in for the time being. We're not safe. For the time being. You're safe from these mandates. You're not, nobody's coming to you and saying, Brad, if you don't get this shot, then yes, you're out are. of it. Then you, then you a can't get, then you can't work anymore. Brad, if you don't get this shot, your paycheck stops. And since, and you're not living paycheck to paycheck and I'm not going to get into the right or wrong or why they're living, why they're there in the first place that they but shouldn't that, be living paycheck source? to paycheck, but that's the fear. So now you have these people who are not going to be able to provide for their families. And that's a scary place to be. I've been there. I know it. I know what it's like to not know how you're going to pay your mortgage. I know, I know that. So now you get there this are job a lot of companies and you're forcing that will hire people. Those people. Correct. But, and no, if when you're, working, you're looking at you're, you're looking so you're, at the situation yourself, I'm not saying it's you're right. You're sliding not back into it. victim mentality no, right now. I'm not defending it for me. I'm saying this is for this anybody. is where their mindset is. This is where their mindset is. It's hard for people who haven't been forced off the edge before, who haven't been forced to leap into the unknown. But we need we need to help them. Yes, by showing them yes. that they're playing victim. Yes, like you know, I work at a casino. They're making me get a mandate, or they're making me get right. a shot. They're not making you. They're telling you that if you don't, you're not going to work for them. So fucking what? I think there's you know how many companies. I'm a company that will hire right a non-vaccinated right. person. If you're a good, 
individual that you you don't want to get a jab, you can come work for Lightspeed. I have many friends of companies that will give you a job. I'll refer you. Where's a list of those? Is there a website with a list of those companies? Of course there is. And if there isn't, it's going to be at greatamericansummit.org. Yeah, there you go. Is there a website that says, here are the companies that will hire you without vaccinated? I heard him the other day. He will hire. I think Grant said that too. Grant will do it. it. There's a lot of people that will do it. So anybody going, oh, I'm feeding my family. You're being a victim. Okay. Don't let that happen to you, folks. I'm looking at her, but I'm talking to you because to me, like if I were going to come speak at this event, I was, I'm wondering like, what do I speak about? Cause like, I'm no military guy that went out and did something heroic and, you know, stand up for your rights. No, but it's not just about that, Brad. No, but this is what I'm thinking. I can come talk about that. Like, dude, don't, don't be scared of of not having a job. Yes. So why don't you come help explain to people how right, they can I'll leap come. out of that I'll and come. what, give them some examples of how they can, can add sit Bradley in their to living your room. List. Yes. I've, I'm committing. There I'll, you go. I'll be there. How can people sit in their living room and take a course and study and learn and come find people like you who they can work? That's what, because it's one thing for me and Dave to go out there and say, Hey people, we are, we the people, you don't have to. You don't have to take that. You can quit your job and find another way. Say how. I'm like, you know how? I'll show Bradley's you how. the guy that's got these answers for you. He I'll knows how, you how to do that. So we're going to inspire people to be like, hey, I'm going to think about taking this leap with you. But Barb, can you help me figure out where I'm going to land? Because I got four little kids here and they have to eat. And my grandmother's on oxygen in the room and she needs her oxygen. Yeah, I, Bradley has all these ideas and tried and true methods. He's done this shit before. He's got a network. Here's people who can show you how to build something from nothing. You can do it. So that's what we need, Brad. Exactly it. It's one thing to, to light the fire, you know, but you got to have, it has to do it with a purpose. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. And you can mark me down on your, on your roster. I will be there. You're on our seventh and eighth. And I will get you other, a few other people if you need them. Yes. You want more speakers. We want more speakers. Yeah. And then when are you going to start marketing for this? About two weeks when our website is up. Okay. So by the time this episode drops, it'll be up. If the bomb squad has one patriotic bone in their body, (laughs) if you're listening to this episode and you're not already planning on going and donating before the event even happens, well then at least do, do me a favor and come to the event, buy a ticket. I'll be there. Lena Cardone will be there. Uh, Nick Javoyek. Voyacek. Voyacek. Good enough. Voyacek. 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 I practice that a lot. Yeah. A lot of good people there. A lot of military people. And and, and again, patriots. People that are more concerned about freedom than, than diversity. We're not going to just come preach about freedom. We're bringing people like you, Brad, which no, is gonna... exactly it. We're, to show you what to do with that. Okay, I want to be a part of it. I want to be independent. I want to be untouchable from all of this. How can I do that? I don't have the answers to that at the moment, but you do. Your buddies do. You know, all these people that are coming, Steve Sims, Larry Broughton, they know I how love to do Steve that. Sims. Yeah. I wish you wouldn't have said, cause I would have got him too. So I'm going to get a few people okay. that are, that are coming with me. Perfect. I'll, I'll start, I'll start DMing you or texting you. Perfect. And we'll get a couple people. Perfect. Uh, good people yeah. that are, that are like Andy Frisella. I'm going to get Andy to go. Great. And if you knew what this was, you know, 10 years ago, I'll stop talking. I know I'm blabbing. We're probably 500 hours over on this podcast, but 19 minutes, but don't worry about it. If you knew like 10 years ago, I was literally on my driveway in a heap, like totally worthless, broken, crushed, made such a shit show of my life and my kid's life thought I was just totally worthless. And I was literally starting from not even just with nothing, but 
less than nothing if you could. So if you knew, if you could see that person 10 years ago on her driveway, like in a freaking total puddle heap, I had made just destroyed everything to know that this person could be sitting here right now in your studio with Bradley talking about raising more than $150,000. Like I didn't believe in myself then. And I think that is such a, such a gigantic thing. Nick Vujicic is someone that I watched and studied and learned from, and he mentored me from afar. And now he's going to speak at my event, right? Marie Cosgrove, all these people. It is such a full circle moment for me to hear you say this. So I'm saying this because I want to thank you for that. Cause you just gave me another moment where I just reached back and saw myself 10 years ago. and was like, this is why you got up. Like, that's why I got up. I needed a reason to get up 10 years ago. This right here today is one of those reasons that I got up 10 years ago. So thank you for that. I am like just so excited and happy to be a part of it. And I'm so fucking glad I got back up. And so this is why you. everyone should get back up. And you're welcome. And I'm Super telling cool. you. See, I get all emotional. I do. Well, well, watch when you, at the end of that event, when you're, when you've raised far more than 150,000. To think that I could be a part or a catalyst for having that impact is <clears throat> like. I think this is just crazy. the beginning, Barb. Crazy. Usually, I don't know why, but when people get on dropping bombs, their careers take off. Even really though you've already that. written three books, by the way, folks. She's written three books. Go buy her books on Amazon. What What are the names of the three First books? First one is Front Toward Enemy. Front it's Toward Enemy. My husband's case and the murder. That's a rough read. I was of the belief at the time that if I could make people feel my pain and hurt with me, they would care. But who the fuck does that? Who, am I going to put your hand on the stove and you're going to be like, yeah, Barb, give me more, right? Like, like no, you get your hand off the yeah, stove. Yeah, there's you run people away. that like to read details. Right? So that's a painful book. A lot of people tell me how raw and how hard that is. And, Front Toward and Enemy. Front Toward Enemy. The next one's a chick book. I had to fix myself, fix my brain. It's called How to Woo a Widow. I love it. It's like, if you, if you're a chick and you like steal magnolias, you're going to love this book. Like that's the theme. Like that's the tone. Yeah. And then he wooed me. And, uh, and then this one is what not to wear to a murder trial. Another tips tragedy taught me. Folks, you heard her. If you want, go show her some support at Barb Allen speaks on IG, go to American snippets.com. Listen to the podcast. She's interviewed tons of people, big people. Featured all over Fox News, the Today Show, Army Times, and Taya Kyle's book. Taya Kyle. Taya. She's great. She is her birthday weeks and her son's birthday week. That's why she's not here. But I'll help. She'll be at our event. I told her I'm going to pick her up and drive her to the event. She lives like an hour and a half from it. So Taya Kyle, yeah, she's the widow, the wife of Chris Kyle, the American sniper. Um, That's another tr like senseless stupidity. Right? right. And so who could have thought like, I found her and we found each other and now we're friends. And like our husbands were both murdered by other people who served. Like we went through this court martial, like don't tell me this crap that you can't find a mentor or how weird it is. Your situation is so unique. Don't, it's a bunch of bullshit, right? Whatever your situation is, there's somebody else who's done it first. And so Tay and I can connect and relate in a lot of ways. We tell some funny, you know, like dark jokes that we think are fucking hilarious. Right. But the rest, <laughs> you say it out loud and people are like, Oh my God. And like, you know, sending you to church and shit. Right. But, um, but you got to find people like that. So she's, she's one of my, we, she's one of my, we, the people. Greatamericansummit.org. Yeah. Or greatamericansummit.com to get your tickets. .org to donate. You don't even need to go to the event. Just donate a little bit of coin, a little bit of cash or both go to the event.com. Let's show her some support. Let's show her some love. Patriots. The call has been placed upon you. 
I hope I don't look stupid. Like, man, Brad, you ain't got more influence than a pickle. We 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 got we got eight dollars donated. Thanks a lot. But anyway, I'll be there. I'll help. And 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 I'm telling you, I'll bring some information to where people won't feel like a victim anymore. Perfect. Because nowadays, it's not that difficult to work for yourself. Even even you know, in this day and age, all you need is a laptop. So you do need a little something something, little internet connection. But man, it's so easy to make money nowadays. Build a personal brand. Sell close, persuade, market for other companies or yourself. It's so easy to make money. It's ridiculous. It so is. I'm going to, I'm going to figure out another, uh, also ways to help you raise money. Thank you. Appreciate I can't, you guys hang coming on. In. I got to get in Pat Hilton is MC. I can't believe I forgot. Don't hate me, Pat. Pat Hilton's MC. Pat Hilton's MC. Oh yeah. That's who, oh yeah. Oh, Pat Hilton. <laughs> Shit. I almost forgot that. Yeah. I love, sorry, Pat. I love old Pat Hilton. I can't believe I almost forgot. I'm Pat like, Hilton, everyone. Yes, Pat Hilton. I love MC. his voice. He's he, sound, he sounds like he's a constant DJ. You cannot not laugh when he's around. Like you just have to. He's talented too. You ever yeah. hear him sing? Yeah. Boy, he and he don't care either. He doesn't give. He gives zero fucks. <laughs> there, there's a guy that I know yeah. named Lee that sings karaoke in yeah. front of anybody. I should bring him. Okay. He, he, he'll raise money. <laughs> okay. No, I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna try to bring Andy. Okay. Andy Frisella. Perfect. He's, he's, he's the perfect guy for you. There's a bunch of them, man. I know a lot of people that think Sean Whalen, there's a, yeah. there's a, uh, Ian went, there's like, I mean, I'm just thinking like, bing, bing, bing. Like everyone would want to go. The question is, is can they, and even if they can't be ready right. to stream, have a big screen, right. be ready to pipe them in. Cause there's going to be more people willing to help than you think, especially by January because okay. shit's getting thick. And I think freaking the silent majority that are being silent are starting to get a little bit uncomfortable. And by January, I think you're going to have more turnout than you think. I do appreciate you guys coming in. Thank you folks. You heard it. Share this in case someone else needs to. And as always keep it real. All right, everyone, there you have it. That wraps up another episode of the American Sippets podcast. I hope you enjoyed Barbara Allen's story. I'd like to personally thank Brad Lee for having her on his show, the dropping bombs podcast. If you want to learn more about Brad, make sure you go to www.bradlee.com. Brad is also speaking at our event, the Great American Summit. So make sure you pick up your ticket to the event by going to greatamericansummit.com. Again, if you got any value of this episode, please leave us a five-star written review on iTunes. These reviews are super important in helping us grow our audience and getting these stories that we do here on American Snippets out there in front of more people. Again, greatamericansummit.com. Make sure you're there January 7th and 8th, 2022. We appreciate you tuning in today. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you really are. <music>